Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Got my buddies here, and that's always exciting. Uh, Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. And TP, Thomas Patrick. There you go. <laughs> uh, Dorian, so, uh, man, uh, I love it when the band's all together. Uh, and I love it when uh, uh, I love it when we're starting something new. We're gonna, we're going to uh, do another um, series on the uh, the mysteries of the Rosary, and we're going to do the sorrowful mysteries this time. Uh, so we've already done uh, the luminous mysteries, and we did the did we did the joyful mysteries. I don't remember which ones we did. Doesn't matter. But we're going to do all four sets of made mysteries. Impression, Sam. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just you know what. I have a bad memory. <laughs> gotta get to it. Water under the bridge. I'm and, with you. and by the way, Lent is finally here. I don't know how are you greeted Lent. Are you supposed to say like a sorrowful Lent to you, or, or oh yes, yes, right. you say happy Lent. May you be, <laughs> may you be miserable. You know, that's no, what you. I, do. I'm very excited. By the way, that so far uh, this has been a, a really lovely experience at diving headfirst into uh, a lot of things that God's called me into, and I'm, I'm coming into this Lent with. A great sense of adventure, you know, and and as we'll see as we get into these sorrowful mysteries, they they really are actually joyful mysteries in 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 the fruits that are born from these mysteries. So we there is a there's a sense of joy, meaning, and purpose, and blessing in in all of the uh, the things that lead us to suffering and lead us out of suffering and lead us into a redemption. Through that suffering, so I mean, a lot of times people say like, "Oh, that's why I was joking." Like, you say, yeah. "Hey, a miserable Lent to you <laughs> is it's it's really it's really joyful." And and uh, Lent is a great opportunity for us really just to to take stock, but also just to um, sort of engage fully in the cross yeah. and everything that it means. And that's why I love when we're going to work our way to the uh, uh, the fifth sorrowful mystery. You know, the ultimate. In sacrifice, and 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 we're gonna in, in meditating upon these mysteries, we're gonna uh, bear some fruits. Well, and, and you're bringing up a really important point in in terms of uh, the the admixture between joy and and suffering within our, our, our yeah. Catholic faith. Because you know we hear all the time, you know, the phrase of uh, uh, you know, the emphasis on joy in the in the Christian life. You know, the joyful Christian, and and an outsider looking in. Um, who doesn't know anything about the faith, they might just say, oh, well, they're just saying they're joyful because there's a heaven and they're confident that they're going to go to heaven. Yeah. And that's that's why, you know. Or, or, or they're joyful because they believe that there's something more to life, that they believe in a God and believe that God loves them. And that's it, you know. As opposed to, you know, we as Catholics, we encounter suffering every day. And if we are going to live that life of joy, it's not out of the context of that suffering. It's a joy that covers that suffering. It's a joy that is a fruit of stepping into that suffering and saying yes to that suffering. And as a result, as a, a you know, there is a joy that can come from it. But you know, today's topic, you know, dealing with the agony in the garden, we're kind of dealing with that because uh, it doesn't always begin with joy. Right, you know, our Lord. It began His journey in in the Passion. Well, I guess if we're going to crack out the Baltimore Catechism, I guess the Passion begins at the Last Supper. But that's right. <laughs> 
But if we're going to, uh, you know, uh, use the sorrowful mysteries as the example, you know, the, uh, you know, his passion is beginning here in the in his agony in the garden. But it's an important point. What you're saying is, yes, a lot of times it does become <laughs> begin with agony and a recognition of. This is happening. Yeah. Well, I, your, your summary was really long. My summary of what I was saying <laughs> is really essentially comes down to this. Yeah. Suffering without meaning and purpose is just suffering. Yeah. It's just pain. It's just painful and it's, and it's meaningless. Right. Right. But suffering with meaning and purpose, in other words, connecting it to the cross. Right. Now, suddenly that suffering can bear a fruit that uh, leads us eternally, you know, to praise God in heaven forever. You're not alone. It has meaning. That's right. It has value. Yeah. So let's so let's let's jump in. I, and we should the, the we always apply a fruit or a couple of fruits. But in this situation, we've got uh, one fruit for this particular mystery: the agony in the garden, the the first sorrowful mystery, uh, and that is our willingness to suffer. So we've been talking a little bit about redemptive suffering we've been talking about the fact that we step into suffering yeah uh but not in a in a an empty way um so let's just read the scripture uh from the gospel according to matthew the 26th um chapter of matthew starting at verse 36 then jesus came with them to a place called gethsemane and he said to his disciples sit here while i go over there and pray he took along peter and the two sons of zebedee and began to feel sorrow and distress. Then he said to them, My soul is sorrowful even to death. Remain here and keep watch with me. He advanced a little and fell prostrate in prayer, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. When he returned to his disciples, he found them asleep. He said to Peter, So you could not keep watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that you may not undergo the test. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Withdrawing a second time, he prayed again, My father, if it is not possible that this cup pass without my drinking it, your will be done. Then he returned once more and found them asleep, for they could not keep their eyes open. He left them and withdrew again and prayed a third time, saying the same thing again. Then he returned to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Behold the hours at hand when the Son of Man is to be handed over to sinners. Get up, let us go. Look, my betrayer is at hand. Wow. Yeah, so we know what happens next. Well, I mean, here, the the first thing that jumps out to me is the extreme humility that we see from our Not my will. Right, yeah, not exactly. My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. You know, Christ in taking on flesh, taking on our humanity, he knows personally and intimately that it is contrary to human nature to desire suffering. You know, in our modern world, suffering has kind of become synonymous with evil. Right. And and now you, the, 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 the key word there is desire, right. suffering. Right. Right. No, so there's, there's a difference between willingness yes. to suffer, to undergo the test, right? Yeah. Or like, man, I could go for some suffering today. <laughs> for its own sake, yeah. Right, because we, we, built into our human nature is the desire to not feel pain right. and the desire to stay alive, right? self-preservation. Right. And, and it's also written into the natures of pretty much every other animal uh, and insect you know, on the earth. 
I mean, even even uh, like plants and things like that will recoil from you know they, they 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 grow towards the sun, but they they recoil from you can you can put heat sources to them, and they'll they'll it's like pain. There's there is a sense of 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 pain or discomfort in all life. Yes, and and it's inherent in that life to avoid those things which will end its life. Well, and that, that's why I was saying that like in our modern world. You know, if you ask somebody who has no connection with the, with our Catholic faith at all, and you ask them to define evil, you know, chances are what they ended up defining, especially if they don't have like a, a concept of morality or a basis right. or a foundation for morality, it would probably be rooted around suffering uh, in bad some way. things that happen to people. Yeah, bad things that you're inflicting on other people, uh, and and they would probably describe the badness. In, in terms similar to how we define suffering, you know, you know, many of us are ordering our lives around avoiding suffering, around lessening work, and and, and again, in a, it's in our nature in a way. It's in a, it's in our nature to desire to avoid suffering, um, but that's not a full expression of our nature, right? Like we weren't just created to avoid suffering. We were created for love, for self-sacrificing love. And, you know, some say that when Jesus received his cross, he kissed his cross. That's not in scripture, so one can't know for sure. But we kiss a cross for love of Jesus. If he kissed his cross when he received it at Calvary, he did so for love of us. Yeah, like in the United States, one of the things we do on um, on Good Friday, yeah. right, is, is, you know, adoration. Of the cross, I mean, yes. we, we we and and the usual sign that most people do is kiss that cross. Yes. Now, some people are weirded out by everybody kissing the same thing, and sure. so you got your little altar servers there whose job it is to wipe the cross. But there's something beautiful about kissing the feet of Jesus or kissing the wood of the cross. Yes. Right, and we see that expression so often, and it and it's a sense of uh, of love. Right. It's it's a fuller, as you say, a fuller expression of love. Right. Right. L- love is. A lot of people think love is just for our pleasure. Yeah. Like God wants you to feel good. So if you if you're spiritual about love, it's about feeling good. And yes, you can feel good in love, but there's also sometimes a tortured love. But essentially, you you say it rightly when you say that love is a, it's a self-sacrificing love. That's why we yes. Catholics talk about total self-gift. Yes. One to the other. That's one of the requirements of marriage. Yeah. Right? And so when you start to, you know, um, evaluate what what life is all about. It's not just about having a big smile on your face. Yeah, right. It's about that meaning and purpose. And suffering is is woven into the fabric of who we are. You know, and Christ took on our, our human nature. He's fully human and fully divine. And in taking on our human nature, you know, he did take on that little part of us, of all of us, that says, "I'd like to avoid suffering." <laughs> you know, but he took on our human nature. In the same way that he he doesn't, he, yes, God loves us and receives us as we are, but not to leave us where we are. Yeah. Right? So in the same way, he, he took on our human nature, but it was to lift our human nature up to the divine. And like you just said, what's the nature of the divine? It's, it's charity. God is charity, willing the good of the other for the sake of the other. And so this is why Christ said, if you do not take up your cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple, and you know, this is someone who, who personally and intimately knows that it's contrary to human nature to desire suffering. 
But again, we're not desiring suffering for its own sake, but we're, we're desiring it for his sake. Yeah. For our own need to grow through suffering, our own need to share in his sufferings, our own need to die to self, our own need to transform our lives into living sacrifices. Yeah, amen. And, you know, that's always an interesting part of all of this uh, is, is, you know, every year, especially as we get uh, into Holy Week, we will start hearing these readings on uh, uh, on Good Friday or Palm Sunday, Good Friday. We start to hear the Passion uh, played out before us, and, and and we'll hear these kinds of readings like here in, in Matthew, where when Jesus says, hey, Dad, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do this. Yeah. I mean, my everything in my body says it no, and yet his willingness to do his Father's will, because he knows the fruit that it's going to bear mm-hmm. for the world, that if he doesn't do this, People aren't saved, essentially, yeah. right? Um, and 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 that's why it's it's always interesting uh, this idea of re- redemptive suffering and why it's so powerful. I've always said when I when I'm teaching RCIA, well now OCIA classes, when I'm teaching these classes to people who are converting to the Catholic faith, and I talk about redemptive suffering, I I, I can say you know it's it's interesting. God is almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-omnipotent, all, all these things that God is, right? All love, all mercy. And, and essentially, God could have saved the world just by, like, baking a big strawberry cake. Right. And saying, hey, y'all want a piece of cake? If you eat this cake, you'll be saved for all eternity. And it's like, okay, I'll have a slice of that cake. Put on a party hat and get those things. You know, blow the, the little thing comes out of your mouth. Have a big party. We're going to celebrate because we've been saved. And yet that's not what God chose for our salvation. The path that would that would be taken by Jesus essentially was to suffer, but not just meaningless like torture. Yeah. Right? But but suffering with purpose, suffering with meaning that was essentially going to bear fruit. And it, it's all about this this self-sacrifice, this willingness to give totally of yourself, which is essentially true love. Right. You, you, you know, something that occurs to me, God, he takes things and he repurposes them, right? Um, there's a tradition in the church called syncretism, like, for example, like the Christmas tree began as a pagan symbol, right? And it was taken and it was repurposed to celebrate the birth of our Lord. Like in the same way, like at the very beginning of our faith, the cross, it was an instrument of death, of capital punishment, yeah. and, and, and shaming. You know, if you were crucified, you were being made an example of as don't be like this person. Right. If you're going to be like this person, you're going to be beaten, stripped naked, and hung there to die, to be mocked, to be scorned. That was supposed to strike terror. It was along the side of the road, so it's supposed to strike terror in your heart. You walk by the people who are crucified, that's supposed to be a deterrent. Say, I don't want to be like that. Yeah. You know, God took that, sort of those same core fears that the Romans were were, were tapping into. Mm Mm-hmm. Jesus stepped into those core fears. He repurposed it. In the same way, like our, those core fears, including our fear of death, like we talked about during our Kerygma series, those 
uh, play a, a, a core role of visceral level in inclining us to sin. That, that's a part of wisdom too talks about that, right? So God didn't take away the cross. He repurposed it. He doesn't take away our sufferings. He repurposes them. Each of our sufferings are an opportunity for a little death, a little sharing in his cross. And, and I think that's an important point. Like on one hand, a lot of times people who are listening to this, they might at first be like, they might have certain things that come to mind. They might be victims of very terrible things that we don't know about. Right. And they might first say, I'm supposed to, you know, will this terrible trauma that I experienced right. or, or a family member. I mean, that sounds like a terrible thing. That sounds yeah, if you, too if hard you, to do. There are people that like they lose kids to cancer. Yes. Right. And, and certainly I, we, we certainly uh, pray for those situations, and we're not saying that, like, hey, it's going to be okay because that's redemptive suffering, baby. You know, right. that's all good there. Right. It's like, it's suffering is suffering. It's real. It's very real. Yeah. And so I would say, like, Tragic. first, got to pay attention to all, like, so for some people, it might be hard with the big sufferings, and they, especially ones that they might be enduring or still, yeah. like, st- dealing uh, or still uh, carrying, so to speak. Uh, it's like St. Therese of the Sioux pointed out, like, let's pay attention to the little moments of suffering in our life. The little things where our will wants to do, wants to incline to the self and our selfishness. And, 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 it's, and, and, and instead, in those little moments, let's take a sacrifice of our will. Let's take that opportunity to sacrifice our will for a love of another. And, but ultimately, you know, I think the key point that we have to keep in mind with regard to ridiculous suffering is the thing that we're called to is charity. And that means to love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our strength. And when we love our neighbor as ourselves, one of the things that we're, we're forgetting, that includes our, our spouse, our children, our loved ones, everything that's dear to us, everything within the creative world, uh, created world, we're supposed to love those things and those people for God's sake in the way that God loves us. So God is supposed to come first yeah. in everything, and that's the only way that we can give him the worship that he is due as the source of all infinite and all good. He doesn't will our sufferings. He permits those things to happen. He does permit them. But in the grand scheme of things, our journey here is brief. It's just a pilgrimage. This earth is not our home. And it's a preparation for heaven, but it's a preparation for living in a love communion where our the love communion is made possible because all of us have come together in communion with one another to choose to put God first, to love him first, and to love everything else for love of him. Yeah. In accordance with the love of him. So that's how our redemptive suffering, what it does is when we find ourselves, uh, you know, because it's natural, you know, in terms of uh, to have things in our life, like a parent having a child suffering or dying and stuff like that. Well, hurricanes that come and wipe out entire towns and, you know, massive uh, tolls, death tolls, and uh, earthquakes that kill 30,000, 40,000 people in Turkey and things like that. Those are terrible, terrible uh, tragedies. Um, And yet, somehow, God can take, uh, can, can make incredible things happen in, in the midst of the brokenness. Yes. Right? And, and that's, that's one of the, Suffering is one of the great mysteries of our faith. We don't understand fully. Yes. God chose not to give everybody a piece of, of strawberry cake, right? Instead, there's this 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 um, uh, opportunity for us, like we recognize what Jesus did for us on the cross, his dying. It's not just a word like, well, he died on the cross for us. Yeah. He suffered unto death. I mean, it was it was a terrible, horrible, 
way to die yeah. at, 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 at human hands, you know, but he willingly did that for us. And, and that's true. But the thing is, uh, St. Paul tells us that, you know, um, he rejoices in his sufferings, you know, but there's something lacking in Christ's sufferings. He says that. He yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, he said they're being filled up by 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 uh it that in his own sufferings he's filling up what's lacking on right. Christ and, and 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 what it is is our participation in That's Christ's right. suffering. That's right. It's our yeah. so right. So we're we're called to like because we're going to suffer. We're human beings and there's a lot of suffering in the world and it, suffering will will touch us and many of us in many different ways throughout our life, some more tragic than others, but the reality is we're all going to suffer. And the thing is, if we then take that, because it's not just suffering for his sake, it's not just Christ doing what he did, it's also for our own need to grow through suffering. Well, yeah. Try to grow closer to God in our suffering, not just because we become dependent on him and he makes us feel better, but we, yeah. if we unite our suffering with Jesus' suffering on the cross, and that's why this particular mystery is so powerful when we're, when we're praying the rosary, is because it's our willingness to suffer alongside Jesus for redemptive purposes. Yes, right, right. With the same goal in mind, um, and when we share in his sufferings, like you know, then we we are we're dying to ourselves, yes. right? And this is the the basis for true love, total self gift, right? Our own need to transform our lives into living sacrifices, as you've said, yeah. Right, we we've got to do that. We've got to participate in that way. Otherwise, it's simply suffering. Here's the thing that comes to me as I'm listening to you, Deacon Jess, and I'm, again, my heart is going to the people in the audience who yeah. might say, well, you guys are speaking from a place where you haven't dealt with what right. I dealt with. Easy for you to say. Easy for you to yeah, say. exactly. You know, and you're telling me to offer this up, right? And first of all, no. That's, that's, that we're not trying to, to, to put ourselves on some po- that's pedestal, not our place. Pedestal, pedestal right and point fingers. Exactly. But I will say this. For those who are going through intense, deep, profound suffering, either current suffering or, or they're carrying suffering, for, and they've been carrying that pain for years and years and years, at some point we have to recognize a practical reality, which is our, if we're going to hang on to that suffering, if we are going to hang on to the anger we might feel that God permitted this thing to happen or that thing to happen, we have to ask ourselves, is that going to do us any good? It is a practical matter. Even if you're not there to say, I'm ready to love my child that I just lost, for, you know, uh, in this way that you guys are describing, like for God's sake and to let go and to take it. I understand that that is a tall order. And guess what? Most of us are not there. Most of yeah, us don't yeah. have charity. I'm going to be yeah. honest. I'm going to just straight truth. Most of us don't have it. That's something that requires a lot of work. But at some point, we can have a practical recognition of hanging on, hanging on to the pain and the anger isn't going to do us or the person that we just lost or the person who just suffered injury, catastrophe. That's not going to do anybody any good. Well, what we do is we are turning it into just suffering. Yeah. And, and, we're, and we're making that suffering of our own unique. Now, again, I, I don't want anyone to feel judged out there like they're not suffering well. They're, they're not doing the right thing with their suffering. Um, and so I, I really think that we, we, when we when we suffer, we always have to keep in mind, keep it in in the for, in front of us, keep that image of the cross. Yes, right. I, I remember some of the times that I've suffered worst in my life, and I remember 
you know, the difference between as a younger man when I didn't understand that suffering was really kind of raising a fist to God. Right. Right. As 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 in later years of suffering, I find myself praying, God, I don't know how you're going to use this, but I'm giving you this suffering. I'm right. going to let you have this suffering. I'm going to lay it at the foot of the cross because that's where I am. And, and I want you to take this suffering and do something fantastic and profound with it maybe i'll never see it but i'm gonna just unburden myself of the uh of the terrible weight that that is suffering yes i'm gonna unburden myself of that suffering and i'm gonna give it back to you right um and and then you you can use this so essentially what you're doing is this is charity in its purest sense yeah right because faith hope and love right these these virtues um, are so profound, and we say faith, hope, and love all the time, but it's faith, hope, and charity, and charity is that that love, um, and so we have to look at those gifts that we give in love, but also the gift of our suffering that we give to others, right, that we're actually looking at someone who needs help, and I'm thinking, Lord, take my suffering that I'm experiencing right now and and give them the graces they require that what they need and now you're now you this is a total self gift that you're giving yourself i mean i'm sorry giving the world through your own gift by uniting it to the cross and then you're part of God's salvific plan. Well, he wants to set us free from that suffering. He wants to set us free from the grip it has on us, the yes. weight it has on yeah. us. But here's the thing. Jesus says in John 10, no one takes my life from me. I freely lay it down. That same goes for us. He waits. So you might have been holding on to this pain for years and years and years. This moment, as you're listening to this podcast, if you're willing in this moment to say, you know, years later, Lord, I haven't been willing to offer this up, but I'm willing to do it now. He's going to respect your dignity. He's going to let you make that gift. And here's the thing. And it, it, we're, it, we have to make the offering. Step two, then, is to die to that suffering. We have to let him give us the grace to die to that suffering. And guess what? It doesn't end there. Every cross is followed by a resurrection. And, we, and, and I would say that was, that's what I would pray, ask to pray for that. You know, ha, recognize that practical reality, hanging on to this pain is not doing me any good, but also pray for the hope that every cross, including whatever you're hanging on to, is followed by a resurrection. And as we prepare for Lent and prepare for Easter, let us prepare for that resurrection, the resurrections in our life that God has planned for us. Amen. Every cross has at the other side of it a resurrection. If we see it that way, it's going to be a powerful movement in our own lives, and then that's going to radiate out of us. And your love, giving your suffering as a gift to others, is going to be a powerful gift, powerful gift that's going to help uh, God's plan of salvation for the entire world. So let's ask the Blessed Virgin Mary to be with us in these difficult times especially. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.